Welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another solo episode of Recover You with Kyleen. Today, we're talking about three reasons the betrayed partner is encouraged to seek support for their healing journey. And so I'm going to speak from the perspective of a betrayed partner, as well as um, a trauma recovery coach and someone who now works with betrayed partners. And just all of the things that I, I have learned from my own experience, from my training, from my education, and of course, from working with women just like you. And I would encourage you if you are um, the addicted partner or the recovering partner as well, that this is an episode for you to listen to as well, because it is very, very important that if you choose reconciliation as a couple, both of you are doing the healing work. And Patrick and I see so many times where for various different reasons, one partner is doing the healing work and the other partner is completely disengaged. Now, there are a lot of things that go into this, but I really want to encourage you, if you have been betrayed that uh, and you might be resisting jumping into some healing work, I really want to encourage you today to take the time out of your life to pause and to reflect on the reality of the situation so that you can address the wounds that are caused by the betrayal. Because if we don't address these wounds, and if we try to put a band-aid on them, or we try to um, deny them or pretend they don't exist. Or if we say, you know, one of the things that I said right from the beginning was, uh, this is your problem. You deal with it. And I really did, uh, avoid doing some healing work for a few months as I kind of processed what was happening. And, and so all of those things, if you're somebody that kind of resonates with that, I encourage you to listen to this episode because I really, I really want to empower you that you can have the life and the relationship and the marriage that you want when both of you are doing the work. And if one of you doesn't want to face this, if one of you doesn't want to talk about this, if one of you doesn't want to go to therapy, then there will be some blocks in your life. There will be some wounds that are never addressed. There will be uh, you know, a wall that comes up at some point, you know, 10 years from now, where you realize, oh, I don't trust you. That's why I'm really angry right now. And in fact, I've never trusted you over the past 10 years because we've never addressed these wounds. So let me uh, let me just give you a, a quick little analogy of this. So often when, when we begin the healing work, it can feel more uncomfortable before or, or during while we get started. And, and we may ask ourselves then, well, why am I doing this? I was surviving. I was uh, navigating my relationship fine. My conversations were fine. Now I have ripped open the mandate, and it's 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 painful. You know, I, I'm I'm talking about the addiction. I'm talking about how he betrayed me. I have these images in my head. I don't want these things. Why Why in the world would I want to heal? And the analogy I'm going to give you is that you have a really incredibly deep festering wound. Let's just you know, imagine it being on your arm, a deep, deep cut that has an infection in it. It has particles, it has dirt, you know? And when we choose not to face the reality of that wound, 
If we say, well, it's just a scratch, it's just a paper cut, it'll heal on its own. We allow that uh, infection to then um, fester and to get deeper. And it hurts. And we may not even notice it until maybe we hit our arm or we need to squeeze something with our hand and it flexes that muscle, right? And so we think, well, I can, I can just live with this. This is something I can live with. This is a pain I, I understand. I'm used to it, right? And, and we want to kind of just ignore it and, and call it less than what it is. The reality of what has happened to you, the betrayed partner, is a trauma. It is a significant trauma when you are married to someone that you trust, when you have given your life, your hopes, your dreams, your body to someone else, and they choose to engage their sexual energy elsewhere. And, and in fact, it often turns into an addiction. And we've talked about that many times on, on the, the podcast, but when that happens and when your spouse is spending their, their mental and physical energy away from you, there is no other reality than the fact that that wounds you incredibly deeply. And that is incredibly painful. It is so, so hurtful. And so often when we say, well, it's just a paper cut, you know, we, we throw a Band-Aid on it, we can function, you know, we can go about our lives and we can even find a, a normal that we feel comfortable with, right? We can throw our energy into our friends or our children or activities or whatever it is, right? And we just ignore the wound. And, and the reason that healing is so important is because if you take this, this current analogy, right? You rip off that Band-Aid. That's painful. It's incredibly painful. What's more painful is doing the healing work, right? At that point, you go in and you have to kind of cut away at the infection. You have to clean out the wound. You have to wash it out and pull out those little dirt particles. And all of those are representing, you know, the, the trauma that has occurred, the beliefs about yourself, the insecurities that you have because of this, the anger, the resentment, the, um, the pain, the pain, just the pain, the comparison wounds, you know, all, all of these things. Those are all the dirt particles. And it's so important that we pull each of those out so that we can dress the wound in a healing ointment so that we can then appropriately cover and bandage the wound. And when you think about how that wound is going to heal, the entire process being incredibly painful, nothing we ever want to go through, that final result of the healed wound will leave a scar. You will have evidence that you've gone through this pain. It will be with you for the rest of your life. And we know that scar tissue is stronger than the skin tissue that was there before it. And I think the same thing happens when we are willing to do the healing work. We have battle wounds all over our mind and our body by going through betrayal trauma. But when you are brave enough and courageous enough to do the work, you come out a stronger and more energetically powerful being, one that is more capable of doing the things that God has put you on this earth to do. Someone that is absolutely capable to move through hard things and to accomplish whatever it is that you are here to accomplish. And so I, I just want to start the podcast with that today. And, and then now I'm going to just go into, you know, three specific areas, three specific reasons. I think this is so important, but we'll just start with that general analogy that, you know, betrayal is a trauma. It's incredibly painful. And it is something that I think is incredibly valuable to pursue healing with. 
So number one, the number one reason that I would highly, highly encourage you to seek support from a trauma therapist, a trauma practitioner, a trauma coach, someone that is educated in betrayal trauma specifically and is familiar with sex addiction specifically and can support you in this wounding. The number one reason is because you deserve to heal. You deserve to heal. Going back to that analogy, no one deserves to just get the deepest cut of their life and just walk around with an open wound the rest of your life, right? Just letting dirt and debris fly in there and having the infection run rampant. And, you know, over time, let's say it's not addressed appropriately and then it just, you know, it, it the infection grows and you lose the ability to use your arm. You know, you could keep going with this analogy, but it's so true that if it, betrayal is the same thing. Betrayal is one of the deepest wounds that we can incur as human beings. It is one of the most painful traumas an individual can experience. And the reason that that is so is because it is perpetrated by someone that you trust. And so the same type of wounding from, you know, the same type of behavior from someone that you don't know is not going to wound you that deeply. The reason betrayal specifically is so damaging to our psyche and to our mental health and to our physical well-being is because it is, it is, put upon you by someone that you deeply, deeply care about. And when you're thinking about your spouse, again, this is the person that you trust, your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your life, your future, your deepest thoughts, your fears, right? And so that is why that's so painful. And so to live in a relationship, and I'm gonna mention this a little bit in the second point, but to live in a relationship where you're not having these deep conversations and working as a team, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's going to create a weaker foundation for you. So number one, you deserve to heal. You deserve to have that wound addressed. You deserve to have all of those dirt particles, all of those insecurities, all of those wounds, all of those fears addressed, both from your spouse taking responsibility and recovering and, you know, not engaging in that behavior anymore and by the emotional processing and the trauma work to help you heal so that you feel more confident in your own skin so that you feel worthy so you feel worthy of love um so that you feel like you're awesome like you are the awesome person that you are i know so many of my clients struggle and we all we all do as we go through this with the idea um that we are just intrinsically worthy and valuable the way we are right because this this betrayal we take it so personally and all of us think well there must be something that I have done. There must be something that he found lacking in me to want to pursue this particular type of addiction so that this outlet was this particular type of addiction. And it's just, it's not true. There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. So if you are somebody that is, you know, looking at recovery as, well, how can I find the reasons that my partner acted out so I can work on myself? I would encourage you to change that, that perspective because there's there's no level of per- perfection physically mentally or emotionally or sexually that you could achieve that would have changed the outcome of your partner's behavior it's just not that's not the way addiction works it's based on their own wounds and their own traumas however what betrayal does offer us is a a mirror to look into to see where we feel insecure, where there are emotional wounds and experiences in our life that have woundings that have occurred from other relationships in the past, other experiences and conversations in the past that are unhealed. And then of course, betrayal 
either shines a light on the existing ones or creates new ones, and most of the time, both. So most of the time, it highlights wounds that already existed, and it also creates a few new uh, new ones. And so we, we end up with these deep beliefs of, see, I'm not worthy, because if I was worthy, they wouldn't have cheated on me, right? And that's just, it's not true, but that's the belief that we come out of it with. Or see, I really, my body is not good enough, because if my body was good enough, then he wouldn't have been looking at other bodies, right? And and all of that is totally normal to think and to feel, but it's not it's not true. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are good enough just the way you are. You do deserve love. You do deserve fidelity in your marriage, all of those things. And so that's why you deserve to heal. You deserve to do the trauma work and the emotional processing and the the deep work and the, the healing work that it takes to actually rebuild that confidence in yourself, to know at a deep level, I am worthy and I am enough. And, you know, so many, so many women, and maybe you can relate to some of this, end up with many physical symptoms from the trauma. And, and this may be something to think about too, because if you're thinking, well, I haven't been traumatized by this, uh, but I am, I might be experiencing some of the things on this list. And that, then that is something to consider because though these are, these are, uh, manifestations of trauma and that's that's what this list is and that is things like hypervigilance like you're scanning your life and your world looking for things that might be dangerous for you looking for things that might trigger you um, looking for things that might make you feel unsafe you may have a general sense in your mind or body that life isn't safe or the world isn't safe you might not feel safe in your own body and if that is you you are certainly experiencing long-lasting effects of trauma. Anxiety, if you've noticed, you know, since discovery or disclosure or since your spouse told you about this behavior, have you had an increase in anxiety, generalized or otherwise? Fear of any kind, you know? What does my life look like? Or anger, you know, of, of how could this have happened to me? Or just an incre- a general increase in negative emotions. Have you noticed a general increase in trying to control your spouse or your environment. You know, uh, uh, control is a protective mechanism that we reach out to. Well, if I can control this, then bad things won't happen. Or if I can control this situation, then that means I can control the outcome. Or if I can control this person, then that means he won't relapse. And if he won't relapse, that means I won't get hurt, right? And it's a very natural mechanism to seek. We want We want to... If we can control something, why wouldn't we do that, right? And the reality is, and you've probably had this experience in your life, because we all have, is that the more we try to control something, the more we're actually stressing ourselves out because we actually cannot control anything other than our own behavior. So there is no one or, or no thing that we actually have control over. And so it wastes so much of our energy, but that is a trauma protection mechanism. And so if you're struggling with that and you're fighting against that and you find yourself really needing control over every situation in your life, that that is an example of how trauma shows up in your life. Many, many women have bad dreams and that doesn't have to be, oh, I'm having nightmares every night. You may just periodically have a dream and wake up and go, oh, I had a dream that he cheated on me or I had this really scary dream that something bad happened or I was out of control or you know, something like that. So if there's a if, if there's an uptick in your dreams, that's absolutely uh, 
a red flag that, that there's some trauma in the nervous system and in the body. And, and I, I want to pause there because of what I just said, I make, make a point too. The, you may not cognitively or consciously be aware of the trauma. You may not think, oh, I have all these looping thoughts. I'm hyper fixated on it all the time. But again, if it's unaddressed, it is somewhere in your body. It is in your nervous system or in your tissues because whenever a, an experience that is as traumatic as betrayal, which again is one of the deepest traumas we can experience as human beings, when a trauma like that has been experienced, if it's not processed in a healthy way, if it doesn't have a safe space for the energy to go out of the body because that, that space and that time has been provided to it, it will get stored somewhere. And so that's how you can, you can even have these physical manifestations of trauma, even when maybe logically you, you, you don't live your life saying, oh, oh, I'm a traumatized person. A lot of women have chest discomfort. Some have sleep problems like insomnia. Um, maybe you have heart palpitations. A, a common one might be something like IBS or digestive uh, changes. So maybe you have some bloating, some constipation, some diarrhea, um, acid reflux, maybe some of those have either exacerbated or changed since the betrayal has happened. Again, that's you know your body processing this trauma, processing this pain. Hormonal imbalances or painful periods. From personal experience, I will tell you, stress is one of the number one factors in the overall health and functionality of our body. And stress is one of the first things that will make your periods go out of whack, change the timeline of you know 28 versus 35 days, induce cramping, um, all of these types of things. Um, and so if you've noticed a, a dramatic change in your cycles, stress is, is usually a very uh, big component with that. So that's something to consider as well. Headaches, migraines, um, lack of interest in life, depression. Maybe you, maybe you can't view your future. Maybe, maybe it's hard for you to think about your future. Um, or maybe you have begun dissociating a little bit from your relationship with your spouse. And if you find yourself maybe just in survival mode and saying, hey, we, we get along as friends, but we're not really partners right now in life. We just sort of, you know, we get along well, there's nothing bad, um, but I'm, I'm a little disconnected. I'm not really like invested in the marriage and in the future of our marriage and in, in the emotional intimacy side of the marriage and all that. You know, that, that can absolutely be a protection mechanism where you know you're you're living in survival mode with your relationship you're not living in thriving mode right and so number 1 you deserve to heal and all of those things i just mentioned are signs that your body is dealing with trauma and by the way that's not a comprehensive list so there may be other things that you're experiencing that i did not mention so just to be aware if if it's not processed your body will will uh, store it in some way. And over time, that's going to manifest in some imbalances and in things like, like this. And, you know, along with the idea that you deserve to heal, you really deserve to have that wound cleaned out and to seal, to, to feel strong and to feel recovered. You also deserve to have a voice, right? And so that's a huge part of this is as you're healing, recognizing that you deserve for all of your thoughts, all of your emotions, all of you in your humanness, in your wholeness, to be seen and to be validated. If, if, if nowhere else in the world but in your marriage, and I would, I would argue, obviously, that 
the world needs your voice as well, but especially in your marriage, right? You're choosing to spend the rest of your life with this human being. You're, you deserve to have a voice in where your life goes and where your marriage goes and where your intimacy goes and where your trust goes and your vulnerability. And who you are as a human being has been hurt, has been wounded by this person that you love deeply. And those are conversations that absolutely need, need to be had, okay? The number two reason that I would highly encourage that you seek support, uh, we're gonna talk quickly about consent and bodily autonomy. Well, I'm not, uh, maybe not even bodily autonomy, but like just whole person autonomy, you as an individual. Um, so consent, you know, we've talked about this, made comments about this briefly in the podcast before, but um, I, I know that there are many betrayed spouses out there who are not interested in gathering information about the addiction. And I, I struggle with that um, as somebody that has gone through betrayal, but also as a, a practitioner and a coach and somebody who, who kind of helps women work through this because I really want you to have at least baseline information so that you're able to offer consent in your relationship. And, and consent means that you have enough information to make that decision. And so I, I get concerned when, when spouses are so hands-off that they don't actually know too many of the details. Now, when I say details, I don't mean nitty gritty. I don't mean gory. I don't mean um, describe to me, you know, details of the behavior itself. But if you don't know the pattern of his addiction, if you don't know the duration of the addiction, if you don't know how frequent he was acting out, if you don't know like the general idea of the type of addiction it was, et cetera, because pornography and sex addiction, there's such an incredible spectrum and it is incredibly traumatizing. Um, to know too many details. I absolutely agree. And I want to protect you from that as well. But to not know anything, uh, do you have enough information to, to make a decision about being with this person, for example? You know, I mean, at minimum, one of the first questions should be, did you ever engage in anything illegal? You know, things like that. That's absolutely a question. And, and you know, has there been any money spent? Have there been any physical boundaries crossed, right? Those are kind of some of the big hitters, right? That if you don't ask any questions, these are left on the table. And, and if you don't have the answers to those, then you don't really have enough information to fully consent to be in a relationship when you don't know who you're in a relationship with. And that's my biggest concern. And I want you to, to have a voice. I want you to have physical autonomy. I want you to have consent. I want you to be able to say, I'm not comfortable with this. I need to set a boundary with this, you know, whatever it is. And, and we, we have to have information in order to be able to do those things. And so that's my concern there. Uh, you know, I really encourage you to seek support because the, one of the reasons that we may not want to know all of the information is because we're afraid of what might come out. Right? If I ask this question, I don't actually want to know the answer. And I understand that. I absolutely understand that. But there, were, but you can't change reality, right? You can't change the reality that the addicted partner has engaged in these, these behaviors. What you can do is change your interaction with this person moving forward based on whether they are 
getting into recovery or not. And I would say even when they are getting into recovery and doing all the work, you still need to know because you need to be able to protect yourself but you also need to be able to support them as a partner. So if you are reconciling and you are staying in this relationship, that brings me to number three, the number three reason that you should seek support um, as, a, as a betrayed partner is to be in a partnership. To provide accountability, support, encouragement, and to actually be in a partnership. So again, when you are disconnected and not seeking help and not asking questions, um, you then kind of say, hey, go go off and do the healing on your own. That takes a whole segment of that person's life and it takes a whole segment of conversations and it takes a whole segment of vulnerability and connection off the table for your marriage. Versus when you say, hey, I need to know what's going on and I'm going to support you and stand here and be here. Here's what I will and will not tolerate. It it really allows you to be a pillar of support for their recovery. And I think that is absolutely crucial if you are choosing to stay in the relationship. Uh, So there are some examples of, um, you know, ways that this shows up just to be really practical. Um, and what, you know, here's an example uh, about resist, uh, uh, what it looks like to really assist him in recovery. So we've talked many times and very openly about the fact that I was very strong in my boundaries about what I expected with recovery, meaning if you relapse, I, I will not tolerate that in our relationship. I, I, I said that very early on. And Patrick, when he goes out and talks to his groups and when he um, makes presentations about, you know, the Conquer Group and and recovery and things like that, he will talk about these three pillars that really helped him through recovery, one of them being his faith, one of them being the therapeutic model and, and support groups, and one of them being how much of an interest I took in his recovery and how how. Uh, clear I was in the boundaries and expectations I had. Now, I want to be really clear when I say this. Your boundaries do not indicate the outcome of your spouse's behavior. So we've talked about this a lot. It's about your safety, what you expect and do not expect. However, when you are a spouse that is choosing to reconcile and be in the relationship, these types of boundaries provide strong guidelines for the relationship and they provide strong motivation and they do play a deep deep role in how you interact moving forward and so when a man is is really engaging in the healing work and um, you can also participate in the healing work you show up as a team and that provides a a vision forward something that you're moving towards and, and and really there were so many times that I was there to encourage him and there were so many times that Patrick was there to encourage me. And to be quite honest, I cannot imagine being in this relationship and not having the many, many, many deep conversations that we had while still trying to reconcile. I cannot imagine allowing him to go to the support group and and therapy and all of this and then just going to my therapy or not going at all 
and never knowing, hey, how are you feeling about this? How are you dealing with this, right? Because the thing, wives and and spouses um, that are in betrayal, that I'm just gonna encourage you here as well, is that this addiction is an incredible trauma on your spouse. And recovery is really hard. It's really hard. Even when their heart is in the right place and they make it look easy and they love going to the support group and they're getting so much out of therapy, this is not easy. This is incredible, deep work that requires rewiring of patterns, rewiring of habits, changing their brain, recovering from sexual trauma that they had in childhood or early pornography exposure, things that put a dark cloud over their teenage years, over their 20s, over their 30s incredible guilt and shame that they have over hurting you. For them not to be able to talk to you about those things is is taking such a massive part of your relationship that can deepen intimacy and understanding who your partner is. It's just taking that off the table. And so this this third point that I'm making about partnership being a a huge reason I would encourage you to seek support is, is if you don't want to participate in healing and you don't want to have the information, you know, I understand how scary it is. I, I do. I understand how traumatic it is. And I also understand the idea that maybe you don't think it's a trauma. Maybe you don't think there's anything you need to work on. Whatever side you're coming from, if you're going to be in a true partnership with your husband and you want him to be in a true partnership with you, these are the types of things after the addiction has come out that you need to talk about. You know, it's little things like um, we we look up uh, all of our movies and TV shows and things that we're thinking about watching on a website called Common Sense Media. And it's awesome. If we haven't mentioned that before, you should absolutely check it out. It lists out like violence and language and sex and everything. And and it kind of gives a little description of what is in the movie. And that way you can kind of determine, hey, like this is doable. This is not doable. There's also Vid Angel, which which let's say you really want to watch a movie and it has too much in it. You could always go to see if it's available on Vid Angel because they will actually allow you to check off what types of behaviors and things you you want to be blocked out and it, it edits it for you which is absolutely amazing and I did use it um a while ago and it's it's really really good you can't even tell that they've like cut things out it's absolutely amazing so two two resources that are really good but I, I just want to put you in this scenario as an example you know uh your your husband is is working hard on his recovery um and you don't want anything to do with it. So because he knows that, that you're not interested, that you're not engaged, that you don't want to talk about it, he does this research on his own and he reads things or sees things or whatever that he shouldn't be reading or seeing or that make him nervous, right? Like he's looking up the sex scenes and it makes him nervous or, you know, whatever. How easy is that as a spouse to go in and like that's that's like a protective mechanism, right? That's like a that's like a support that you can be. It is a an opportunity to encourage him in his recovery, to help him. He's asking for these guidelines, and that's something that you can say, "Hey, let me look that up really quickly." And then you say, "You know what? It it, it it has too much. Either that I think that would make you uncomfortable, or actually, you know, because of everything that's happened, I think that would make me uncomfortable." And then you guys go, "Okay, great." But um, you know what? What happens if if he looks it up trying to do the right thing and then gets triggered by something and is struggling? Right? That's just an easy 
step. And that's just a small, small example of things, um, you know, that come up that when you are in partnership and you have these conversations, you create a safe space for their recovery. And in turn, he can create a safe space for your recovery. And this can really deepen the conversations you have. It can deepen the emotional intimacy and you can create this this new relationship where, man, I really know everything about you and you really, really know everything about me. Um, you know, another small example is uh, of just being a partner, of just being, you know, part of his accountability, part of his support team is, uh, you know, we have, um, we use the uh, parental controls on the iPhone settings, you know? And so he goes, hey, can I update this app or can I download this new app or whatever? And I just have to go in and it, it, it's, Yes, it gets tedious, right? Yes, it gets annoying. I have to put in this little passcode or whatever. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. And Patrick is happy that he has these uh, systems in place, right? Like what we're trying to do is create a life where you can live with as much freedom as possible while still protecting our minds and our marriage from things that are hurtful. And and when somebody has been in, in an addiction, it's just like, um, it's just like any addiction, right? Like you're not gonna be, you're not going to be bringing alcohol into the house while your spouse is a recovering alcoholic. And if your spouse came in and said, hey, honey, I'm, I wanna let you know, I'm an alcoholic and I've started going to AA meetings, you're going to have some questions about that, right? And you're going to want to be involved in the process. And you're going to want to make sure that if you have a drink, it's out with friends and you don't bring it into the house and that you're going to check in on him. And you're going to say, hey, how are you doing? And he's going to go out to dinner with friends and you're going to say, hey, what are your checks and balances? You know, it, that's that's a partnership. And I and so I just want to encourage you. I know it's scary to get to get help to talk about these things to acknowledge that what has happened to you has been so painful that it is designated a trauma. Um, it's it's hard to talk about these things. It's hard to tell people. My husband's a sex addict. It's hard to. It's embarrassing, right? Uh, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it because you deserve to heal. You deserve a voice. You deserve consent in your life and in your relationships. You deserve to have a voice and to have autonomy. And both of you, both of you in your marriage and in your relationship deserve a real, true, deep partnership that involves understanding, empathy, communication, accountability, support, and encouragement so that you can both create this new life where you have dreams and hopes and you're building a trust that is really, really based on this this strong foundation. So I would encourage you today, let's say you've listened to this entire thing and you are one of our listeners that actually has nothing to do with addiction or betrayal and you just have something, uh, some other interest in listening to this and you find value in it. I would encourage you, if you uh, have a partner or a, a marriage that uh, you just ask yourself this question at the end of this episode and that is, is there an area in my life or in my relationship that I feel a little awkward talking about? Is there a conversation topic that I feel a little weird talking to my spouse about? Maybe maybe that topic is sex, just like generalized, right? Maybe it has nothing to do with betrayal or addiction. Maybe it's just sex. I would encourage you to take on the challenge to have that conversation with your spouse because this is the relationship in life where we 
have to get comfortable talking about all of the hard things. And so if I could leave you with one thing today, it would be that. It would be if there's something that you feel a little like, ooh, I don't don't wanna say that word out loud or I don't wanna have that conversation with my spouse or that topic feels really uncomfortable, sit down and be like, hey, this feels super, super, super uncomfortable for me. Um, But you know, I wanna deepen our relationship. Is this a conversation that you are willing to have with me? And then see where that goes and see, see how that feels at the end of that. I bet that you will feel more deeply connected. I bet that you will feel safer, that you will be able to be more vulnerable with people and that you will feel like you are in a deeper partnership together. That's it. That's all I have for you today. So if you are a Betrayed Partner that is looking for help, I would absolutely love to support you. Going back to the point number one that you deserve to heal, uh, there are so many ways that this manifests in our life. And every woman that I work with is, is a little bit different, right? Because we all have different life experiences. We all have different fears. We all have different insecurities. And then our husband's behavior was all slightly different as well. And so it manifests in different ways. And so I am here to create a safe space for you to have these hard conversations, to talk about the difficult things, to discuss how this is showing up in your life in ways that you don't want or manifesting in your emotional body in ways that you don't like and don't want moving forward so that we can safely uh, and carefully process them together so that you can feel more aligned, more grounded, more safe in your body, more confident in who you are so that you can begin feeling confident in using your voice and standing up for yourself and setting boundaries. And so that eventually, and this is the goal, right? Create the life that you really want. Create the marriage that you really want and that you can see that future and step into that fullness and that wholeness of of your personhood and who you are as a human being and all the value and the worthiness that God has given you just for being who you are. And so that you can step into all of that, which then allows you to accomplish the purpose that you are here on earth to accomplish. Sending so, so, so much love to you today because I know if this podcast is resonating with you at all, that you've been through some pain, that you've been through some difficulty and that it hurts. And I understand that. And I am here to support you. So please reach out, uh, book a connection call at the link in the show notes. If this is resonating with you, I'm just sending you the biggest hug today. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.